Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Now let me offer this disclaimer, okay? Today it's going to feel like we might be taking a step backward. Um, because anything we, anytime we talk about adding something to an already crowded schedule, it feels like we're going the wrong direction. You know, like, like, Pastor Mike, how in the world is that going to help me from feeling stretched so thin, okay? Well, that's just part of the mystery of following God because anytime we do things God's way and we obey his commands to us, then he just allows things to work out in ways that we cannot understand and we, you know, we, we, we just can't explain. And so, uh, in fact, let me, just, let me just be honest here for just a second, okay? Actually, I'm always honest, so let me just be, let me change that. Let me just be transparent here for just a second, okay? Um, I wish that someone had told me the things that we're going to learn today. I wish I'd learned them years ago, because if I'd learned them years ago, it would have helped me so much. It would have helped me from being stretched so thin. It would have helped me be so much more effective and productive. I wish I had learned these things that I'm going to share with you years ago. But the things that I've learned, that I'm going to share with you today, uh, I've learned from two key experiences, and both of them occurred years apart, okay? The first experience actually happened when I was in high school. Uh, When I was in high school, I was in the running for valedictorian. There was actually four of us that were all just, you know, right there together. And so at that time, like literally, it was so close, like every test, every paper, like every grade counted because it was just, what separated us was just razor, razor thin. And I've told part of this story a couple of years ago, so if parts of it sound familiar, that, that would be why. Well, anyway, um, we, uh, we normally had tests that were scheduled for Fridays, right? Well, this week, we were off on Friday, and I forget, but I think it was probably like teacher in-service or something like that. And so our Friday tests this week were going to be on Thursday. And I had four tests scheduled for that Thursday, four. Latin three trigonometry, yeah, world literature, I mean, a world, a world history, and then English literature. All of them are going to be really, really hard. Now, that presented a dilemma for me, because now that they were always on Thursday, now these tests were going to be on Thursday, every Wednesday night, like, I went to church, because on Wednesday nights, that's when our youth group had our in-depth Bible study for teenagers. Exactly like we do here at Parkway Fellowship, we have it for teenagers and kids on Wednesday nights. That was true in my youth group. And so I was, had a dilemma. Like, do I go home and study or do I go to church? Like, what do I do? And I felt like that this decision was, was kind of like a crossroads decision for me. And I don't know why I felt like it this time, but I just felt like I was at this crossroads that whatever I decided to do was somehow going to shape the rest of my life. And, and look, and I didn't like have some like booming voice from God on high saying that this is a big deal or, you know, there was no like angelic appearance, nothing weird like that. I mean, I just, I just had this thing inside me that let me realize like this decision was really a defining moment for me. And so I decided I was gonna to go to church. And, and my thinking was this, was like, Lord, 
I want to put you first in all things in my life. And so God, I want to put you first more than I want to be valedictorian. So I'm going to go to church. But God, please help me with these tests because you know I want to be valedictorian. Like you know that, God, please. So sure enough, I, so I went to church and then after church I went home, I stayed for a couple hours and then I went to bed. Well, the next day, here's how it went down. I showed up and our Latin teacher had gotten sick and so he didn't show up for school that day and so they just postponed the test and moved it to next week. I know, right? So I went to trigonometry, so in trig that day, our teacher came in and he said, well, you know what, uh, I, was, I was looking over all of your homework assignments and it's clear that most of the class doesn't understand the concepts, so I'm gonna reteach the concepts and we're gonna postpone this test until the end of next week. I went to world history and our teacher in world history, he was a little bit spacey, so uh, yeah. So he forgot that it was like teacher in service the next day. So he wasn't prepared to give us a test on Thursday. So he was like, ah, we'll just catch it next week. I was like, all right. I'm like, all right, three down, one to go. So I showed up in English Lit, and our English Lit teacher was one of these guys. He just like, he loved kids, and, he, and, he, and he's also a bit of a talker. And so a couple of other dudes in the class were totally not prepared for the test. So they thought hey, we're just going to chat him up and see if we can get him to talk the whole time. And, you know, teenagers do this kind of thing. So they, 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 that's what they did. They started talking to him. And they, they, they would talk, 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 talk. And all of a sudden he realized, holy cow, like more than 20 minutes of class time has gone by. So he says, you know what? We don't have time to take the test. So why don't you use this as a study period and we'll do it Monday. And that's how the day went. And I was like, yes, God. And so I really believe, hey, I believe, you can believe that it was all coincidence. You can believe it was all habit sense. Like, oh my gosh, what luck. No, no, no. I believe that God truly moved all four of those tests because I honored him and put him first in my life. That, that, that's what I believe. And so the, the key lesson I learned that night, yeah, you can applaud for that. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, the key lesson, lesson number one, this is what you need to write down. Lesson number one is this, is that when I put God first with my time, he puts his blessing on my time. When I put God first with my time, he puts his blessing on my time. And that's exactly what he did. Now, here's the second big lesson for me, and this happened three years ago. I was just, you know, reading along in my Bible, just during my daily time alone with God, and I was reading the book of John. I came across John chapter 7, verse 18. This is not in your bulletin. It's, uh, it's just on the screen, okay? So here's what it says. John seven eighteen. it says, Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Now when I read that, I felt God speaking to my heart. I felt like God was saying to me, it's like, Mike, if you speak on your own without me, like all you'll do is just gain glory for yourself and that's it. But if you will seek me first, then I will speak through you and I will fill your, those words with my power and my presence and I will change lives and gain glory for myself. So in that moment, I made a commitment to God. I said, God, I will never, never, ever, 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 write one word 
in sermon preparation or preach one word of a sermon until I have spent time with you that day. Ever. I will never do it. And that was the commitment that I made. Um, So here's lesson number two. Lesson number two is this, is meeting with God is my most important meeting of the day. Meeting with God is my most important meeting of the day. I mean, there is nothing more important that I'm gonna gonna do today than meet alone with God. There's nothing more important that I've done than meet alone with Him. Now, some days it might feel like I've got meetings that are more important, but that's not true. Because look, who are you gonna meet with that's more important than meeting with the God of the universe? I mean, really, who are you gonna meet with that's more important than that? Like, nobody. And so, let me just pause and right here, let me ask this. For you in your life, what is it that you would say that I am no longer willing to do this until I meet alone with God? What in your life would you be willing to say, you know what, I'm no longer willing to do this until I've spent time with God that day? What would that be for you? Would it be a a big project, a, making a big decision, maybe, maybe disciplining your kids. I mean, what is it you would say, you know what, I'm not willing to do this any longer, God, until I have met with you. Okay, now, the reason I tell you both of these stories is this, is that, you know, whenever we have, you know, four tests the next day, or we've got deadlines, or whenever we're feeling stretched thin, no matter what it is, okay, one of the best things that we can do is to disconnect from the pressures, connect with God, and then reconnect with the tasks. One of the best things that I can do is to disconnect from the pressures, connect with God, and then reconnect with the tasks. Now these lessons are things that God has taught me through my own personal experiences in life, okay? So then the question is, okay, well, Pastor Mike, are these lessons like just for you? Are these your personal experiences or are they universal? Are they for all? Because if they're universal, then is there some kind of a passage in the Bible? Or is there something in the Bible that would say that? That would lead us to believe that? That would communicate that to us? Well, the answer is yes, there is. And we're going to look at it today. Because the passage we're going to look at today, in my opinion, is the best example in the entire Bible of someone who is stretched thin, okay? Let's look at it. It's at the end of Luke chapter 10, and there's really not much background to give because the truth is it's fairly self-explanatory. Luke chapter 10, verse 38, the Bible says this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now, I want you to underline this. I want you to underline, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Underline that. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and said, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But, and I want you to circle this, but only one 
thing is needed. Circle that. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Okay, now, I want you to appreciate what's going on in this scene, because the truth is, I think Martha, she kind of she gets a bad rap, okay? Jesus and the 12 disciples, they just showed up in her town. Now, you have to understand that Mary and Martha also had a brother. His name was Lazarus. Lazarus was one of Jesus' very, very close friends. And if you know the Bible at all, you know that Lazarus, this same Lazarus is the guy that Jesus eventually raises from the dead. But they're all really good friends. And so when Jesus and the disciples come to town, of course Mary and Martha and Lazarus open up their home to them and say, hey, come stay with us for a while, okay? Now, the problem is, is that now there are 13 men that have now shown up unexpectedly in their home. Now look, I don't know about you, but for me growing up, when we had like family coming over, and we didn't have 13, but we just, we had any kind of family coming over, especially if it was kind of like last minute, like my mom kicked everybody into high gear to get it ready. I mean, so it was like, you know, come on, go on, chop, 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 here we go. We gotta get the house clean, we gotta pick that stuff up, we gotta vacuum, we gotta dust, we gotta cram stuff under the bed, shove it in the closet, you know, do whatever it takes, but we're gonna get this house clean, we're gonna do it right now. Come on, ready, go. I mean, that's, I mean, it's just how it went. So I'm sure that for them, they had to kick it in high gear for their house guests. I mean, they had to clean up and make sleeping arrangements for 13 guys. They had to now fix dinner for 13 guys that they hadn't even planned for. So all of a sudden, like, there's a lot to do. And I'm pretty sure Mary and Martha were stretched thin, right? So when I think about this story in the midst of all this activity, this is just how I like to think of how it went down. So they've started getting ready, and so... Mary is, you know, straightening up, she's cleaning up, she's doing whatever she's got to do, and she kind of passes through the room where Jesus is teaching the disciples and probably her brother Lazarus, and what she hears is so intriguing that she stops what she's doing, she just listens in, and then what she hears is so compelling that she decides she's going to go over and she just sits at his feet so that she can drink it in and listen to. Well, pretty quick after that, her sister Martha passes through that same room because you know, she's kind of in a, in, a, in, a, in a tizzy getting things ready to go. And she looks over and she sees her sister Mary just sitting there. And I'm pretty sure resentment starts to build in that moment, right? Well, after a little, bit, a little bit later, a little time goes by, she passes through that room again. She sees her sister still sitting there. And then she passes through again. Her sister is still sitting there. And I'm sure by now, like, she's getting angry. Because look, now my good-for-nothing sister is just sitting over there at the feet of Jesus, and she should be helping me. But no, she's over there just chatting it up with Jesus and other disciples. And my brother's not doing anything to lift a finger either to help me out. And we got all this stuff to do. I mean, come on, Mary, get up and help me. I mean, this is the son of God here who's coming to see us we can't just serve him the meatloaf leftovers in the fridge get up and help and so she gets so fed up with it all she goes over to Jesus she because she reaches the breaking point she says Jesus don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself tell her to help me 
And the Bible says that Jesus just looks at her and he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Now, what is that one thing that is needed? That one thing that is needed is to spend time at the feet of Jesus. That was the only thing that was needed. Now, I want you to notice that Jesus does not tell Martha that what she was doing was a waste of time. He doesn't tell Martha that what she was doing was unimportant. He doesn't say that. He just simply says that what Mary chose is better. Well, I mean, what Martha was doing was good, but what Mary chose was better. See, when you're stretched thin, spending time with Jesus is better than anything else that you could ever do. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, whoa, hold on, Mike, but wait a minute. Like, I've got deadlines. Like, I've got four tests. Like, I've got people coming over. I don't have time for that. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. But Jesus would look at you and he would say the same thing. He would say, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. And spending time alone with me is better. That's what he would say. Well, why? Okay, why is spending time with Jesus better? What are the benefits to this one thing that are needed? That's needed, all right? Here's a few. First one is this, is that I am more productive. I'm more productive. Now, this honestly is a mystery to me. And I have tried to pick it apart, and I've tried to understand it so that I could do a good job of explaining it to you, but the truth is, I don't fully understand it. This is just one of those mysteries of following God. Uh, and that, because the truth is, is that when I disconnect from the world so that I connect with God, then whenever I reconnect with the world, I'm more productive. And I can't explain it. I don't fully understand it. I'm just telling you, it is just one of the mysteries of following God. I just, I, I, I don't know how the Lord does. I don't know if the Lord, like, helps me work faster, or if he helps to minimize interruptions, or I, he helps me get more focused, or helps me prioritize my tasks so I don't waste my time doing silly things. I mean, I don't really know, but I'm just, all I know is, is that whenever I disconnect from the world, and I spend time with God, whenever I reconnect, I'm more productive. Like, think about the story about Mary and Martha for just a second. Let's just, let's just say for, uh, uh, for instance, let's just say that Martha did what Mary did. So let's just say that she's passing through the room, she sees Mary at the feet of Jesus, and she also goes to sit at the feet of Jesus. Okay? When Jesus finished teaching, and it was time for the evening meal, and nobody had done anything to prepare it, what do you think would have happened? I mean, I think Jesus might have said, hey, Martha, go grab that meatloaf. Bring it over here. I'm going to bless it. I've done this before. <laughs> and Jesus blessed that meatloaf and it multiplied. And by the way, isn't that what meatloaf does on its own anyway, right? 
I, I think Jesus would have done that. And then there would have been so much meatloaf left over, they, they could have put it in baskets and taken it all home. I mean, that could, could happen. And, and then, after the evening meal was over, when, like, the house isn't straight up and, like, all the places for everybody to sleep aren't ready, I think Jesus might have said, hey, guys, they have done so much already to get ready for us, and we just kind of showed up on announced. Let's, let's all pitch in and help, and let's get this place straightened up so that we can all have a place that's comfortable to lay our heads. And then the work of one person would now be shouldered by 13 more people, Right? I mean, I'm just like, I'm just telling you, when you spend time alone with Jesus, and I don't know all of how he does it, but I'm telling you, he makes our time more productive. And you never can anticipate what he might do or how he might do it. I'm just telling you, he does. I'm just telling you he does. You just have to believe it, okay? All right, second thing is this, is that I gain godly wisdom. I gain godly wisdom. Look at this next passage in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6. Look what the Bible says. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. See, when you spend time with God, you gain wisdom. But get this, that sort of wisdom comes in low wattage over a long period of time. And over a long period of time, you end up gaining godly wisdom. And that godly wisdom eventually accumulates and so that it becomes a bright light that shines your way through life. But that will never happen if you don't spend time alone with God. You'll never acquire that godly wisdom in enough dosage to do you any good unless you disconnect from your task list so that you can connect with God. But when you do, then over time, that wisdom will build up, and pretty soon, you'll know the things that God wants you to say no to. You'll know the commitments that God wants you to say yes to, and all of that prevents you from being stretched too thin. See how that works? Okay. Number three. The third benefit is this, is that I don't risk burnout. I don't risk burnout. One of the worst consequences of being stretched thin is burning out and then you can burn out from your work you can burn out in your marriage you can burn out with your family you can burn out from a sport or a hobby that you used to just love to do but now just the thought of it is awful because you're burned out on it well look what God says to us in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 29 he says he that's God gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But, and I want you to underline this, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Look, here's the thing. If you aren't disconnecting from the world, so you can connect with God, the truth is, your hope really isn't in the Lord. It's not. Your hope is in your own ability to manage your tasks and to get it all done. Because if your hope is really in God, then you would daily cry out to him and you would say, God, my hope is in you. Lord, I am stretched thin, I feel it, I know it. 
but I'm telling you, my hope is in you, and so my me, I'm me here meeting with you, I'm knocking on your door, I am calling out to you, I'm crying out to you because God, I need you to help me because literally, I'm on the brink of burnout here. And so God, I need you. I need you to renew my strength. And that's what he'll do. So, is that you? Could you make that the cry of your heart today? See, look, the trap of being stretched thin is to think, I'm so busy that I don't have time to meet alone with God. But the truth is, is that if you're stretched thin, you don't have time not to meet alone with God. Because when you meet alone with God, and look, this is just, again, this is part of the mystery of it. When you meet alone with God, the mystery is, is that when you add that to your schedule, it makes the load of your schedule lighter. It makes it easier. See, when you put him first with your time, he puts his blessing on your time. Because meeting with God is the most important meeting of the day. You become more productive. You gain godly wisdom. And you prevent burnout. You don't risk burnout. So would you cry to God and say, God, I need you. And part of crying out to God saying that you need him, for you, might be that you need him to come be a part of your life. Because maybe you've never asked God to come and be a part of your life. And look, everybody has to start there. And so if you've never done that, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, to be a part of your life, you have to begin there. See, Jesus died on a cross so that his death could purchase your forgiveness. Because look, it's your sin that separates you from God, separates you from God here on this earth, and it prevents you from going to heaven when you die. And so you need forgiveness. And that's why Jesus died. When he died on a cross, he died to purchase your forgiveness. And so in order, for, in order to receive it, you have to ask for it. So if you ever ask Jesus to come into your life to forgive you and then promise to follow him as best you can, that's where everybody has to start. If you've never done that, there's a prayer. It's at the bottom of your message notes. I want you to pray it when we get to the end of the message today, okay? All right, one more thing before we go. On your seat, on your seat is a bookmark. It's got um, some passage of scripture on it. Uh, um, and it says, I choose what is needed. And then there's a circle seven on the far left-hand side, okay? This represents a commitment to take seriously what Jesus says when he says only one thing is needed, okay? And that one thing is to spend time learning at his feet. And so this represents a commitment to take the next seven days, take the next seven days, and spend those seven days learning at the feet of Christ. Now, my hope is that you would continue after that. But look, let's start with the first seven, okay? So, when you meet with Jesus, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna do two things. First thing you're gonna do is pray, okay? And this doesn't have to be hard. You're simply gonna, um, you're gonna set aside about 20 minutes. Might take a little less than that, might take more, but you're gonna set aside a total of 20 minutes. And for the first part of that, you're gonna pray. You just pray about whatever it is that's going on in your life that you want God's help on, you ask God to help you with whatever is going on in your life. And if it helps you to write that stuff down, to keep a list, great. I keep a running list of the things I'm praying for. And so I just, I do that. So the first part, you're going to do that. The second thing that you're going to do during that 20 minutes is you're going to read the Bible. And if you have no idea where to start reading the Bible, use this to help you. 
Today, we finished up at the end of Luke chapter 10. So you know what? Tomorrow, pick up with Luke chapter 11. And then read that chapter the next day, the next chapter the next day, and then so on through the end of the week. Now, here's the cool thing. This sets up really well. Because tomorrow, Jesus is going to teach us about prayer. He's got some great lessons about prayer. And then the next day, on Tuesday, he's going to teach us about worry. Okay? Then if you fast forward to Friday at Luke 15, we're going to read one of the best stories in the entire Bible. It's the story of the prodigal son. The lessons there are truly amazing. And then on Saturday, we're going to read about a guy named Lazarus. Now, this is not the Lazarus that's the brother of Mary and Martha. This is a different Lazarus in a parable who Lazarus and this other guy, like this other guy, like he goes to hell and Lazarus tries to help him. And I know that that's not supposed to be cool, but like it really is. Like it's a really cool story, okay? Um, So read that. It's going to be fabulous. So next seven days, read this stuff. Make a commitment. Seven days. God, I'm going to take that circle seven challenge. I'm going to meet with you. Because look, here's the thing. When you disconnect from your task list so that you can connect to God, whenever you reconnect with the world, you'll find that your load is lighter and that your soul will be more at peace. And again, I can't explain all of why that happens, but I'm telling you, it's true. And so, make a commitment to disconnect so that you can reconnect and not be so stretched thin. Everybody, bow your head, close your eyes, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you for this message. Thank you for the example of Mary and Martha. And uh, that what happened on that day, Lord, I know that that day, it, was, it probably didn't even seem like a big deal. It didn't seem probably that memorable to them. But God, how that story reaches across the centuries to us. And that we learn so much from it. So Lord, I ask that everybody listening to me today, Lord, that you would help us make a commitment the next seven days and beyond that we would disconnect from the task list and we would connect with you so that when we reconnect, God, that we're not stretched so thin. And I ask that you would bring us back next week so that we can hear more. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we all pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.